0: We good to go? <laughs> I guess so I have a Penguin costume and, uh, Lego man. If you told me this what I was in the I'd have been like, What are you talking about? You're on or something?
1: Oh, this is no Lego man mate. What is it? I had an allergic reaction. <laughs> to pee- a peanut before I came on.
0: <laughs> uh, no, that's aye, aye, that makes sense, aye. You, although you're, you kind of look the same as you always look to you I do I
1: know. Is it cool if I take it off? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can do this for an hour. <laughs> Plus I'll go, I can go and double check to see if it is it actually life? Let
0: me see if it is life. It's, alive. <laughs> uh, I, uh, it's like just a bit delayed, you know what I mean? But, uh, no, um, it's great to finally be doing this for you man. Like We've planned this out for quite
1: a while. No, thanks for having us on, mate. It's an exciting setup, and it's impressive. And I'm I'm glad and chuffed you would ask me on. You've yeah. been a friend for years, and that's why I'm only going to take three hundred pound off you. So,
0: mate, I told you I got ten grand sitting there waiting for you. Like this is <laughs> like the whole package is there for you. The whole budget was. This is the whole budget. <laughs> this is my first and last live podcast, mate. Like this is all booked out just for you. <laughs>
1: No, but thanks for having us on, mate. I'm looking forward to having a conversation.
0: I it's, Because uh, we've had... we spoke about loads of different things all the time, and, and when... I remember actually talking to you about doing a podcast years ago, and I was like, no... Because we kind of spitballed the idea, but I was like, I can't do it because I couldn't talk in a microphone. So the idea that we're doing it now, and a big kind of fancy set-up here, and sponsorships and all that, it's kind of surreal to me that this isn't even happening, to, yeah. be, to be honest, and it's like... Um, there's like, like I said to you before. There's a bunch of things I've always wanted to ask you, like, with without even wanting to do it in a podcast. is generally because you're quite a extraordinary person. That's the way I put it. Wow. I, I don't think, I don't think you see yourself like that, but you are because like you just always you're always purely just thinking about somebody else, and and the biggest heart of anybody I know, man. Oh wow! Thank um, you very much, mate. But you, you, you got any? Like so, you're a comedian, right? And yeah. I've always wondered, like, see, you obviously went through like, a lot of problems with mental health and stuff, right? And for me, the idea of going up when I'm feeling depressed or anxious to do a comedy show is terrifying. Like, how? What? What? What was the drive for you to get into it? And what made you want to be a comedian in the first place?
1: Okay, I mean, it's pretty. I mean, what what made you want to do a podcast? It, oh, it seems pretty strange, doesn't it? It is i mean i'm i'm 33 years old now i started doing stand-up when i was 18 Mm. i think the reason has changed throughout the years but it all comes down to just i love having a laugh i love trying to make people laugh and see when i make people laugh it's probably the best feeling in the world and uh I've always had a love of cinema and film and comedians. And when I was in primary school, I was always a class clown and the kind of lovable black sheep of my family and stuff. So it just seemed natural that I would go into it. Plus, I find it really therapeutic trying to write and stuff. Yeah. And I couldn't see myself do anything
0: else now. I'm just grateful that... That's amazing. And you have done a lot of things, like being a Scott squad and... Oh, but Bobby's became kind of a sensation a little bit. <laughs> What's that been like for you? Like having to deal with the idea of having this character? Do people just walk past you and go, hey Bobby, is that is like a common thing now? Is that weird to get used to? Like kind anything?
1: Of not as much now because like I've got a skinhead, a big ginger beard, <laughs> and I'm not wearing my glasses. But when I wear my black glasses, I, I do get noticed quite a lot. Normally by its by my family and friends, Aye. and it's within a one mile radius of my house. But
0: you do look different, mate. But it's it's definitely works for you, man. <laughs> I was like, This guy's looking on the on point with a haircut. I like it. I like it. I will. I mean, I do get noticed. But we just said you I... look like Scott Brown, having retired and got out of shape for a few years. Like, <laughs> I, like...
1: <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I look like
1: Scott Brown, but when he's 48. <laughs> Um I oh. but it's I. I love getting spotted. It doesn't happen yeah. all the time. I would cast myself as probably more Z-list than A-list. Yeah. But when I do get spotted, it is nice and it's lovely and everybody's always got something nice
0: to say and I enjoy it, man. Did you ever feel like? Because I was reading when I was researching, you kind of one of the things that was uh, interesting was you said that you were you you were struggling with comedy and you were just going to quit it. And you weren't feeling good about it, and then Kevin Bridges came got involved in it. Somehow, like he was, in some sort of way, it helps you push you to be to say go and do this. And you went and done it in the way out. What What was that? Where did that come from? Like, how was that? Were you ever at a point where you thought I can't do this, and what changed it?
1: There's been I've been like that a lot of times throughout my life because I f- I think people look at Frankie Boyle and Kevin Bridges yeah. and Peter Kay, and they just think. You Know overnight sensations when it's when you're no overnight. Aye. I've been doing this for 15 years or something, and see the amount of jobs I've lost, relationships. Because mm-hmm. every Friday, Saturday is the only time you can really earn money, so you can wave goodbye to having a partner. Aye. Uh, but there's certain points when you just don't, you can go months and months without earning money when you do start earning money, it's like £20, £30 pound a gig. So it's, it's not that much. So you need to constantly work, get your head down, get on with it. And I think uh, you just need to take a risk. I've totally lost my train of thought, man. What the fuck was I talking about there?
0: <laughs> well, like, see, it's interesting because people don't really talk about the grind that it takes to be a comedian. Yeah. And you talked about, like, Frank, all these big names, right? But it's it's kind of, it's one of those professions where, like, when some when you say I'm a convenient, people go, oh, do you know Kevin Bridges? Do you know Frankie Bell? And you go, Uh like there seems to be like this thing of you have to be if you're not you have to be like you have to know all the big guys and all that all the yeah. big stars. and it's like people don't appreciate how much how passionate you are and different communities are of actually doing this and how much of a struggle it actually is. Yeah. Do you think that that's apparent when like the government's trying to tell you to go and get a different job and all that? Well,
1: right, that's that's a couple of questions. Aye, so, aye. I just remembered what I was talking about. Kevin Bridges, I was struggling, right? And he said, look, you're a stand-up comedian, just go for it. And hearing it from someone like Kevin Bridges yeah. was just like a green light to go. I thought, why am I holding myself back? I know I'm a stand-up comedian, I'm going to go for it. And... Uh, recent events with the government saying that you maybe have to retrain. I mean, everybody in the arts, every single actor, stage person, comedian I know doesn't do this full time. It just doesn't happen in Scotland. There's maybe a handful of people I know that get a full time income from acting and stand up. Yeah. So I've always worked in other jobs. I've worked in other jobs my whole life. Stand-up comedy is my main source of income, but I can still earn money. I'll just go and be a labourer or whatever. I'll find something for the time being. I've got no hassle with that. I just found it quite disrespectful when the the government were like, you just need to accept it and retrain. Well, it's not like that when they're taking tax off you. Yeah, so, oh, exactly. But it is what it is, mate. Everybody's in the same position.
0: We're all fucked. Uh sorry, can I swear? Yeah, yeah totally, no, it's obviously. Uh, there's no there's no restrictions. No.
1: Not... I don't want your granddad to be like Bobby! <laughs> What's happened to Bobby? Bobby's got a skin heat and he's effing and blinding. And <laughs> his dress is
0: some Halloween thing, I don't know. Even... Hi. <laughs> we need hair. <laughs> Gonna help me, I need money. I... Is that he's like, why are you sitting a, doing a podcast about junk John... <laughs> jumping? <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, no. Honestly, uh, that it's interesting what you said on both fronts because it's great to hear how Kevin, Kevin was pushing like that, because like, obviously, like you see, he's he was he's at the top and he's helped you out like that. Because it's like you've obviously you've made it, man. You've be, you've made it in the sense of like you're making a living off it. That's making it, you know what I mean? And and being on BBC and being at these shows, but then to go through all that and have the government tell you go and do something else. Yeah. The thing that gets me, the thing that really got me with it is that. The arts and arts and comedy and things like that, comic, you know, it's a skill and all these things, are are why people are miserable because we're more encouraged to go and fit in a box, sit behind an office and just do things that we don't like. Like most of the people I know, just do jobs that they feel miserable in. Yeah. Because that because it's all oh, there's plenty of jobs to do it and you can get into one and that's fine. We need to encourage people to be more creative and more artistic. That's what the yeah. you know that's how we make any sort of. Progress for anything, and like to say it to somebody like you that's worked his whole life for it, go and go and sit by their desk now. It's just like you say, it's disrespectful, and yeah, and I don't feel like they, they've handled that particularly. But then at the same time, every time I go to criticize a government about this, I always think, what else, like, as in, like, we've never dealt with anything before, so they just seem like they don't know what they're doing. We look to them as if they should know what they're doing, but how would they know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> And that's why, look, I haven't got a problem sitting behind a desk. I'll happily sit behind a desk. I think I've handled this pretty well, to be honest, regarding the circumstances. At the start of lockdown, I thought, I've got two paths here. I can go down the path that I would normally go down and become fat and depressed, or am I just going to accept what's happening here, take it a day at a time, and try to remain positive. I know that stand-up will come back. I know acting will come back and see really... We're in a national pandemic, we need to push that to the side for the time being, because people are getting sick, and people are dying, mm-hmm. they don't want to hear me go up and talk about AK jokes, you know what I mean, <laughs> on a Wednesday night, so Aye. I'll take the hit, but um, we'll get there anyway. How have you handled lo- uh, the... Sitting dressed up as a penguin and that, but <laughs> apart yeah. from that, have you handled it alright?
0: It's... It's been it feels like it's been a lifetime, to be honest. Just because I've changed so much didn't you know? like see the me before lockdown would be far too yeah, the idea of being live dressed as like a penguin, talking on a podcast about or you know, it's like like <laughs> she even had the confidence to sit here live, knowing people are watching me dressed like as a penguin. Yeah. That that was so far like that that was so far gone, you know, that was a different person and yeah. um, so it's kind of a but it's I, very like what you said about comedy though like when you said that you know you just knew this is what you wanted to do and you, you the reason why was because you enjoyed the feeling of making people laugh and making them feel good and stuff it's very I like that with me in the sense of I'm able to do this because I enjoy helping people through things and having an honest conversation about real life and but also you know giving them some sort of comfort, comfort that way and people when people message me about it that's what Makes me able to go. I'm going to go and put time costume on and do a live stream and yeah. that because they'll get something from that. Do you know what I mean? That's what it's all about, and that's why I'm able to see past all those things. And, and so, for me, it's been a really kind of surreal thing. Good. But, um, you know, it, maybe I was just thinking about comedy, then. And I was thinking about how you know Joe Rogan and all that all talk about like the, the the comedy store and the American comedy scene. But what's it like in a Scottish comedy club? Like, like, you know, like you must have had to go through. That's a uh, like different wee crack Did <laughs> to the comedy man. Like, what, what was it like starting out? And did you have any, did you have any times where you, where you just went up and it was like a pure disaster? Because disaster? I was always find that I was struggle. I would have struggled to deal with that. Like, sort of like, oh, that was terrible, man. Come up, come out of it, and like, yeah, what's that like? It definitely
1: thickens your skin. I'm just going to check that, mate, because I'm paranoid. Two seconds.
2: Okay,
0: aye,
1: okay. Aye, just a bit. It's it's heavy, but aye. Right. But, uh, so, I mean, obviously the best one is the stand comedy club in Glasgow. Yeah. So that's your Champions League. Aye. But to get to the Champions League, you need to do all these other gigs, and people are not prepared to do those other gigs. I mean, I can look back in it now and laugh, but. I've had some disasters, mate, I've, I've had paints chucked at me, people trying to fight with me, people telling me I'm shy. it's totally thickened my skin, it's built my confidence, it's made me the person I am today. Because um, I was just like a wee shy loner. I mean, I had pals and stuff, but no drama experience, no experience in being on a stage. When I was in school, I remember I went for a part in a play called Boy Number 3. And a girl got it, so that's <laughs> my my experience uh I, yeah. like drama and acting. But oh mate, you're going up to Inverness on a Wednesday night, or you're going to these crazy pubs with knee windies and people are taking drugs off the table and stuff, and you're up there in five minutes. So um, they call it in stand up comedy. See when they when you have a bad gig, they say you're. You die on your arse. Yeah, that's yeah. the term. And it's the most horrific thing you'll ever experience in your, in your life. Like, see, sometimes when it happens to you, you forget your name. Like, that's how bad it is. I've been on oh, stage yeah. thinking, what's my name? Where am I? What club am I in, Megan? I don't know where I'm at. Should I just go back to college? I hate my, my I hate my life. <laughs> but see, when it goes well, it's, yeah. uh, it's worth it, mate. So, so worth it.
0: And do you think that you need to go through the diamond in bit to do the bit that does well?
1: Aye, it's like anything else. If you want to be a good boxer, you need to train. Yeah. Uh, I say that as if I've had two cakes and Gregs before I came here. So, geez, <laughs> but people like Kevin Bridges did ten thousand gigs before yeah. he was on live at the Apollo. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're you're literally sacrificing your life, so to hope to get that kind of yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did a hundred gigs before I get paid. That and was my first paid gig. Was a fiver. Really? That Do you
0: know, I know mean, what I mean? Aye, aye, aye. So is that like? Is that what? Would it have been worth it to you if you hadn't have done that? If you hadn't kind of got through the, making food money full time from it and stuff? Like, did it feel worth it as you were doing it, or did you just feel like you were working towards something better? Like oh time?
1: yeah, I mean, all that stuff. it feels people are like. They talk about being famous and stuff, and yeah. or BBC Scotland and being on the TV. You don't think about that. N- none of that's in your mind. You just want to be funny. Yeah. And mm-hmm. see, having the chance. I mean, because I had a million ideas in my head before I did stand-up. And then somebody told me. Somebody told me in college, you know, you're funny, you should do stand-up comedy. And when I was 18 years old, I didn't know what stand-up comedy was apart from Eddie Murphy and Billy Conley, he said, why don't you go to the open mic night at the Stan Comedy Club? I never heard of the Stan Comedy Club in my life. But he said, all you need to do is write five minutes, go up and do five minutes, and a wee light bulb went off in my head. I can actually write down a set, a five-minute set list, and go up to a crowd and talk into a mic, and something in me just thought, I want this so bad. Yeah. Am uh, I boring you? You not, look like you fucking not. blacked out there. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Try no, <laughs> no. I no fall sleep during that, mate. I,
0: no, I just thought I'd seen something coming out. Oh, right, just, aye. Not, no, nah, no, like, no. I like, that, like, having to, what you had to actually do, like, experiencing, realising that's, like, your thing you're going to do. And as you're talking about it, you were talking about, like, being in the BBC and all these things. But I feel like I know, like the other side of you, right? And even I know you've had to deal with a lot of things. But what the reason why I know that isn't because of it, and you would have said, but it's more so that there was a point, and this is something that I wanted to, you know, we're dressed up and it's Halloween and that, right? But this is something I wanted to take to you on the podcast because it's important that you know, like, see, see, there was a point, there was a point when I was really not doing well, you know, and and, and you. You always just came up and hugged me, like it was like, and we. I think we went. You went and took me to the. Lev- we went in the Vita one time, a couple of times, and, and yeah, just, and I think I didn't really, I wasn't really letting anyone know, but, I felt as if you could tell. You know what I mean, like, and so, but to me, somebody that can tell something like that, that's struggling like that, that needs help, because we. All it would be is I'd be sitting doing nothing, being depressed, and thinking about all these terrible things, and you'd be like, "We'll get a great coffee or something," you know. And, be, yeah. and it made a lot of a difference. But but what I've noticed, and I noticed this myself now, is that you only really pick up on that is that if you've been through something just as bad, if not worse. Yeah. And like, as you were going through all these things, like, what kind of things were you dealing with mentally in terms of addiction and things like that? Because I know you've uh, kind of came through all that now and, it might be hard to talk about, but what was your kind of experience with that whole thing? Side of things that like mentally. it? Uh, <laughs> it's a bit deep, is it? Aye. Uh, because, well, it's, it's deep because, like, see, like, you're now a vegan, mate. Yeah. But see that like, a few years ago? If somebody told me and Connors was going to be a vegan, i would have been like, what the fuck are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> Plus, um, see
1: when you're you're asking me about like drug addiction and stuff, aye. and you're dressed up as a penguin, I'm like, is my water being spiked? <laughs> like,
0: aye, no. Am I tripping no. right now? No, you are tripping right now. This isn't real. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, I just mean like, cause I like I see you right. I you're now you you're now like totally sober. Yeah. Um, and alcohol was something that I really struggled with. Yeah, and you kind of made me aware. Like it was almost like see, seeing you and watching you and watching how much you've improved and your life has got better. And you just that person, but yeah. just more you. Do you know what I mean? By by being solving these things it made me realize that I had a problem with it. Um, but I've always wondered, like, how did he actually quit that? Because it's a hard thing to quit, especially if you're you're going about doing gigs and all that all the time. It must be hard to not get. To yeah. Not going drinking drink and not go on the drugs and
1: stuff like. Well, I think with uh, stand-up comedy, it was a kind of a double-ended sword with that because I never really drank before it, or yeah. I did maybe when I was younger. I think I had my first drink when I was sixteen, but it wasn't anything crazy. It was just typical wee guy having a a small Face in the park. It wasn't. It was nothing to yeah. like worry yeah. about. But when I started doing stand-up comedy and started doing well, and then in my head I thought, oh, a wee bit of Dutch courage. Or things like, never had a girlfriend, ever, in my life. And then you start doing stand-up and you get this confidence and then you get confidence to talk to girls at gigs and then you think you need to drink. and it just Or you think, I'm just going to check just just to see if we're, I were live or it. So, you think, oh, I had a good gig. I'll have a couple of pints. Or I had a bad gig. A couple of drinks. Yeah. Or, Kevin Bridges wants to talk to me. I'll have a pint. Yeah. But then, you're just having a pint. Any opportunity, you're having a pint. So, towards the end, I realised I was having... Because I was quite heavy back in the day as well, I could honestly have 10 pints and be alright. Yeah. I'd be drunk, but... I'd, I'd, I'd hold it well, and then I started to lie to myself. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I would have 10 pints a night, and then Friday would come, and I'd think, oh, I just had a couple of pints during the week. Friday, Saturday, I can drink whatever I want. Yeah. And I just became in that loop of lying to myself. But I actually... um See, when you're ready to stop doing anything that's bad for you, you just know it wasn't planned. I never intended it. I I literally... I did an ICW show for, like, Mark Dallas and stuff. I was about 19 and a half stone at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I did a thing with Lionheart, the wrestler. He pulled me over the barriers, and I was a dead weight. I broke my ribs and stuff. And, you know... I was drunk as well when I did it. So I was in front of maybe 3,000 people at the time. And I was drunk. Can't really remember it. I woke up the next day. Never realised I broke my ribs until the next day. And I was just ashamed of myself. Like I was still being able to perform and be funny. But see when you're drunk you just lose that wee bit. Yeah. But I remember, and he he won't mind me bringing this up. Went out one night, get absolutely paralytic, steaming drunk, and woke up the next day, and I thought, I can't believe this has happened again. I lay in my bed for a week because I was sick. And then I went out with Robert Florence, for Burniston. Oh yeah. He he won't mind me saying this, and he was like, "Why don't you just drink what I drink? Like I'm just going to have a glass of wine and a gin." So I had like one white wine, a gin. And I think I had two or three beers. And see, my last pint, I just put yeah. it down and I was like, I'm done. Like, something in my soul, just una- enough. Um, I've got family members that are the same as well. Like, I, I don't know if I'm a alcoholic. I don't even... I don't know if I class myself as an alcoholic. But I know that when I put alcohol into my body, it poisons me. It poisons yeah. my mental health. It poisons my soul it can change me into a happy-go-lucky person to being suicidal and see, it took me 15 years to realise that. And since I've ditched it and just started to be more positive, um, I've lived a better life through it. So I don't really look at drink as it's drink. I look at drink as if it's self-harming. Yeah, and I yeah. don't have a reason to self-harm because I I'll, I'll love my life. And I love everybody in it. Hmm. I don't look at drinking. I've never enjoyed it. I've always been one of the people that have thought, oh, you know what, I'll just do it. But I've always been the big funny guy. Everybody's always laughing at me. But towards the end, people, when they're laughing, you just get stuck in a taxi and told to get up the road. But in
0: December, that'll be me five years. That's amazing, mate. It's honestly, it's so amazing because a lot of people, when they get as low as you've got and the way you talk about it there, to come back from that, and to be where I know your best, best I ever, ever seen you, mate. Honestly, oh, thank you, mate. And it's it's great to see it. That's what the podcast is all about, and that's what the kind of energy we put out there. But it's like, cause my brother, like Michael, you and Michael, like Michael is how I know you, really. Yeah. Um. You, you two, you were really close, and uh, Michael, you know, he he would come and tell me these mad stories like that. We were like, dad last night. He did this and that. And then I met you and I was like, that's not the guy you're talking about, like, you just, like, I met this other version of you that wasn't the version that he's talking about, but um, I'm very glad that you've overcame that and done all this, but a lot of people wind up going the other way and it's like, you've done all that and he he would say these things to me about how, like, it's amazing how you've done all this and and what I've always wanted to ask you, though, like, what is, what is, what is Dad and Colin? steaming out and out with my brother, like, because Michael, um, not, you know, Michael is quite the crazy drunk, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, for anybody
1: that doesn't know, Caden's um, uh, big brother, Michael, is one of my best mates from childhood. Yeah. A childhood best friend. We went to primary school together. We've been pals through high school and we're still mates to this day. But me, uh, drunk on a night out, is just... I was never a bad person. Aye. I was never bad. I was never cruel. I never meant anything bad. It was always having a laugh. Basically, I drank until I dropped. Yeah. Every single time I drank. Like, paralytic drunk. Um, like wheelchair
0: drunk? Like... What? <laughs> like wheelchair drunk? Aye. <laughs> uh... <laughs> you could have done with the back for me, like a of times. I was just a bit too young at the same. But if we tell you what. When you
1: said wheelchair drunk there, I was like, all right. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say.
0: I know most of the time people either laugh or become awkward and just move on. It.
1: <laughs> Aye. it's just because we're on a Facebook Live video. If we weren't live, I'd be like, fuck.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but. I mean I was never like if I I was at a house party I'd always be the person jumping out a window like or if somebody says eat that eat that thing that's in the fridge that's four months out of date I'd be like aye no bother but see when you've done that for 15 years and then towards the end it was making me feel suicidal and depressed and I realised it just wasn't making me happy there's no shame in saying you can't drink there's absolutely no shame in it at all whatsoever you save money you feel better better for your skin <laughs>
0: yeah it's, it's 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 honestly so similar to how i like we if we had met if like if i if time would be different and you'd make me at the height of my problems and i'd make you at the height of your problems we probably would have been yeah. looking in because <laughs>
1: i think that's how you start i mean i've known you since you've been a baby yeah but you started messaging me because i got sober and you were Asking me questions about it. Yeah. And then that's why I was like, let's get a pizza. But I used to always see you in the, the sauna and the steam room all the time. Yeah. Fucking it. hell, we've got some stories about the sauna and the steam room. you want got to tell them that time. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm going to tell them? <laughs>
0: yeah, okay, okay, okay. Go for
1: that, go for, go for that. Right. <laughs> Bishop, we are, I always go to Bishop Briggs Leisure Dome for a sauna and a steam room. And one night I went and Ciaran's in the steam room. And he's left. He can't go in with his wheelchair, so he leaves his wheelchair out in the sitting area, and he goes in and he sits in the marble seats. Now I go in, and it's like roasting hot. <laughs> he, he looks fucking dehydrated. I'm like, you're right, mate. And he's like, aye, aye. I just need water. Like when I was touching him, I was like, ah, you're roasting. So, a couple of things happened, I don't even know what happened, but next thing I know, he falls, he'd first, off the seat, he'd first on the tiles, right? And it was such a horrible noise, I thought, fuck, Is he died in this steam room? Like, because he was dead weight as well, and he wasn't moving. And then I'm not like, I was a lot bigger at the time as well, so I've got tits, my tits are hanging out, I've got a tit in his face trying to pull him up. And this, I swear to God, a guy walks in right, and he's like, geez, what, a horn? The guy had a metal leg, so he had, what do you call it? It was like, you know, like a a bionic metal leg, and I just thought, what a fucking weird trip this is. Like, this guy with a bionic leg that I've never met before in my life, he's trying to Help me pick
0: you up. <laughs> it's like i like seen it in a movie or something. Oh, it was amazing. I then. just remember you telling me you thought I died and I was like, what? You thought <laughs> I was dead? Because uh, I was just going in there, honestly, because what I would do right is I would get really hungover and I would just go to the steam room and just sit there for ages and just try to sweat out because I had the same had the same effect on me as I had on you and sense sort of been like, you would go for feeling good one minute to just feeling like, so I uh, went... When I, you're talking about how I was messaging you, and that's how you first kind of started speaking, and it's because like I couldn't imagine you're talking about being like the sort of class clown, so to speak. My my whole thing, like right, when I was in school and stuff, was I just wanted to be like I said before. I just wanted to be one of the troops, and yeah, being in the wheelchair and stuff, the way the school was set up, it wasn't because people have asked me this. I wasn't bullied in high school. Yeah. You know, nobody was doing it bad to me. They were all good people. It was a, it was the school system and how they they were the teachers and the assistants and were terrified of me, being in some sort of accident or something like they were. Yeah. I would I would go to lunch and I'd have that like have lunch at the table with one of the assistant teachers and um nobody wants to go and talk to the guy that's sitting having lunch with the teacher. you know what I mean? So it was yeah. like it was a difficult thing. So whenever I get a chance to get to a party or be invited somewhere, it was always like game on. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be as outrageous as I can be. Yeah. So it was just about being. I would get there. and I would already be gone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, so so when I seen, I couldn't imagine my social life or any or any life without alcohol or drugs. Yeah. So, when I seen you had been able to do that, I thought that, but that, but he's known. That's what Dadden's known for. He's known for being that guy. Mm. So it must like how. Uh, the reason why I'm because 'cause I'm thinking how did they change his whole social life and his whole how did they get used to being the guy that everyone's watching every now to being the guy that's not really going as many nights out and stuff like that? Changes his whole yeah social group. What's that like what was that process like for you? Because 'Cause I've always wondered, like for me, you helped me realise it was possible. And I didn't change my social group at because I felt as if um it wasn't anything to do with any of them, mm-hmm. and more so to do with the fact that I couldn't deal with what I was doing. They were they were bringing out this need for me to want to be, yeah, um, something that I wasn't. Yeah. So I had to kind of step back from it, and you helped me see that that was possible. So how did you that? You know, how did you take yourself out of it? I think, like what
1: it's just what i said before like see when you when you feel like you've crashed uh, uh cuz i crashed yeah like i'll say the car crashed and i was in it and it, like before it was always i don't want to drink i don't want to drink i don't want to drink for years i'm gonna stop tomorrow please god can you take away this hangover see when you just know that you're done yeah, you're completely done. So, but I've always tried that. I've always went, like, a couple of weeks by not drinking and stuff, and maybe a month or two. I actually went six months not drinking once, but I never get help. I never get mental health mm. help or anything like that, so that was hell. But I remember going out with my two mates one night. I won't name them. Uh, It was named Michael, and one of them was, like, uh, you're always going on these mad diets and you're always no drinking, just have a pint. And I was proper rock bottom and I could have fought with him that night. And I just thought, you know, I'm surrounded with people that are always take a drink, like the chewing the fat yeah. sketch. Aye. And I thought it's really affecting my mental health. Mm-hmm. So I just went to my social media and I started to keep myself accountable. And I also swallowed my pride and thought I don't care what anybody thinks about me here because I actually need help. So I posted something along the lines of I've made a big decision in my life today. Uh, after 15 years of drinking, that's me chucking it. Please, if you're a true friend, don't ask me to drink. Yeah. If you're not a true friend and you keep asking me, you're not going to be in my life anymore. Uh can comedy promoters, bar staff, and comedy clubs, please don't sell me drink, because I was becoming that guy. At the end of a gig, like yeah. I says, I was never bad natured. I was never a bad person, but when I walked into a pub and the bar staff seen me, I knew that they were thinking, "Oh, he's going to be a pain in the arse No, in a bad way, but I'd be there to shut in time. If there was any free drinks going, to them. I'd tan on my drink at other people's drinks. And I just thought, please, please help me. I'm asking for help. Yeah. And do you know what? See, as soon as I put that out in the world, nobody gave me any grief. And it's like any- anything else, mate. It's a journey. See, for the first six months, seven months, people are like, oh, you still have a drink? You still have a drink? See, now, uh, nearly five years later, nobody even asks me, see, when I go into a pub or something, unless somebody doesn't know, Um, I, I just drink pints of soda water. But... It's just a part of my life now. Um, I would never, ever... I can't even think what life would be like with booze, and everybody's cool, Michael and stuff, they all understand. They completely
0: understand.
1: Yeah, I'd say it's probably
0: the best thing I've ever done. Are you still off drink? Yes, I'm off drink, and I'm just... I probably am about that stage of what you are just talking about, of, like, people People are like, are you still off the drink? It's not, I've had... It's, I think for me, it's, it's annoying, like, People are always like when you're when you try to go on dates and stuff, it's like, Do you want to go get a drink? And you're like, I don't, but I want to shout you up, so maybe uh-huh. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But um that but see to be honest, I kind of had the same thing as you. But it wasn't so much around alcohol, it's just more so like well, wait, well, in terms of alcohol it was like I knew that like whatever it made me wasn't who I wanted to be. Yeah. So it was could it, it had a really bad even just one sip of that like yeah it wasn't about getting steaming in it, it was just like for me it was i very much the same it was like all or nothing you were either you were either so cool sober or you were steaming drunk yeah and I just actually remember um I was like like there's a couple of things but there was one night yeah like where uh, I think I just remember feeling. Just not like you say rock bottom, and just not really sure where to go. And it, but even when I got to rock bottom, there was it's every time I kept saying to myself, "This is rock bottom," but then it would be a further one. And mm-hmm. um, but I was still like I it was like a fun, I was I felt like I was a functional alcoholic, because yeah. I was to, like I wouldn't know I don't know if I don't know if calling myself an alcoholic is an extreme way of putting it, but I knew that that's where it was going. Yeah. You know, I knew that was where it was going. It's like, what? At what point am I going to change this and go? Because so I'm kind of at the stage you're at where. Everyone, people, people can be like, I'm, I think it's been about six months now, because I was, six months, I went, basically I've went the whole year almost without drinking anything, but except from, I'm not going to count it, because there was one time during a uh, lockdown, <laughs> where I turned a bit of my dog. Right, okay. Uh, but I wasn't drunk anything, but I was like, and then I was like, oh, I'm back to the first date. <laughs> but, what? you know, but, um, so that's been about since like July or something. Mm. And Mate, that's amazing definitely
1: don't be too harsh on yourself Aye, i think um with the all or nothing attitude that's what can make us f- fail so yeah. that wee sip of a mad dog would normally put someone on a month binge but yeah it is what it is mate you're on the right track you're feeling better and okay. I that's know,
0: what it's all about it's it's um it's like you said like you feel like you're more you just feel like you're more yourself yeah and it's But that's why I wanted to ask you that because when you're talking about how you change, how you can, the process of having to change your social group and then putting that on social media and how it changed all, that's one of the most difficult things for people to do. Yeah. Because for me, it was like the hardest thing was see, like all the things when you're, you're, this is pretty deep, right? And like, uh, but I don't mean to be too deep, but like when you're trying to deal with all these things, I, I found that I put a lot of how I actually felt about myself, like, I put it at the back and pretended it wasn't real, like, that wasn't, you know what I mean, like, it was just, like, all these things that I felt about myself that I had to deal with, I was kind of putting away at the side and pretending that it wasn't happening, Um, and then, and then, but, so, to deal with that, you kind of have to feel all that at once, and so, I think that's where people, that's where the, that's where the, that's where like su- suicide and stuff can look to it because you 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 when you get to that point where you have to feel all these things that you've put in the back burner for your whole life. You know, even though I'm only twenty three but it felt like it was longer than that, you know, that way. Like it was as if I was seeing myself outside of myself. Yeah. For the first time. And it was like a kind of realisation of not liking that and then that and I think when people realise that when that night or the day or the week that you realise that it's a really hard, hard week. And that's where people I think where the real struggle was suicide and depression and things the to it. Yeah. But for me, it was, it, I was lucky because, I was lucky because I get have family and people and and just and just realizing that a lot of the things that made me depressed about being in a wheelchair or bit or having all these things I felt about it was actually when once I flipped it, I realized that most of those things were good things. Yeah. You know, and, and it's actually more about how you think about it and realizing that. It's not an impossible thing, and you're a great example of that, you know what I mean? So, I wouldn't be, I would probably still be the way I was, if it wasn't for you, yeah. in a lot of ways, because well, you showed me it was possible, you know what I mean? Um, oh, thank you very much, mate, that's very kind, and do you know, like,
1: I can understand why you would get depressed and stuff, there's absolutely nothing wrong with being in a wheelchair, no. obviously there's nothing wrong with being in a wheelchair, but... You know, when you're sitting trying to eat your dinner and there's a an assistant with you, kind of, you know, yeah. there's, there's no need for somebody to be there with you as yeah. you're eating your dinner, because you're no stupid. I, I've had that, I've had people in my life like that, like, uh, oh, I can't remember, I think it was like somebody, oh, I can't remember, I think it was a cousin that was in the army or something that yeah. got injured, and he's like, all of a sudden people just talk to you like you're stupid. He's like, there's nothing. I'll just get injured when I was on duty. That's true, mate. Like, he's like, what the fuck are you? What you on about?
0: Aye. Like can't. I, I, can't, I can't understand the pressure that that must. It's, it's. I think the most heartbreaking thing about it when you're looking at it negatively is you can't change it, mm-hmm. and it's as if the world is saying that you need to. Yeah. Um. And here's, th- here's the thing about what I want to say. At the, end of the like with the or of this is that for me it was like this thing of realizing that it's because. It, Everything you just said that is because the media uh, and the world paint this picture of if you're if you're not exactly the way we say you're supposed to be, then you you know you're not complete. Like if you can't walk, you're not normal because you because everybody can walk, you're yeah. not normal. Or yeah, it's this idea of normal, but the the idea of normal is is what I feel is like one of the big reasons why a lot of people are depressed. Yeah, is we're all trying to fit into this box that the the media and the mainstream. What they all put out there about what you're supposed to look like you know like look at you know a lot of women are struggling with that as well having to yeah. fit into this exact image of what you know what like I somebody showed me a picture of like what a um kind of like a model you know like a uh they showed me a picture of what like an oversized model or something she was like one of the skinniest people i've ever seen in my life and i was like what that's not yeah, You can't be doing that. That's not... We're putting it the wrong idea of what it is to be human. Yeah. And it's like, normal isn't, normal isn't a thing. You know what I mean? I'm going on a right rant here, but like, just as you... It, those kind of things, as you say, kind of connect with what... These are things that I had to... What I'm trying to say is, these are things that I had to learn on my own, right? Yeah. But I shouldn't have to learn on my own. No. This is why I'm doing this, is that we... We need to normalise being different. Because mm. that's what... Because we all are different and... It's why it's why we need comedians. It's why we need nurses. It's why we need all these different things. We, not everybody's going to be like Ronaldo, and not everybody's going to be yeah. Kim Kardashian. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. let's calm down with this and, and show that there are many layers to. It's not all black and white. It's not all going to be the same thing. Yeah. And um, has it, has it known me sort of changed your idea of disability itself. Like, what would you think? What would you think of it if you hadn't met me? It's an interesting question.
1: Hon- honestly mate like I've never looked at you as as if you're disabled like mm-hmm. you, you've always just been caring like I've never thought oh that's a guy in a wheelchair like yeah. you're, you're my best mate's wee brother that's what you were when I was yeah. younger you're my yeah. best mate's wee brother and then as you became an adult and we started hanging about you became my mate so I've never ever thought oh I mean it's like I mean obviously it's not like see if you're walking down the street and you see somebody with a pair of crutches, you're obviously gonna look because it's a pair of crutches. Yeah. It's just your eyesight going over there or if somebody's like get white hair or something, like it's impossible to to just yeah. glance. It's the elephant in the room and. it. Aye, but it's not like I'm not judging anybody yeah, by looking he's at You That's what I know. But uh Maybe it's changed my my view to it in a positive way because you've always been in my life and then it's normal yeah. it's normalized it for me, but I've never thought anything yeah. uh, you know different plus i've always like I've always been the type of person like I always go i don't know like I hate. I really hate when I hear about people getting bullied and, yeah. or, like, disabled people getting bullied or not getting a right chance. Or, so I always kind of go on the side of, like, to try and help people. Yeah. But I've never... I mean, you've... I, I think we joked about this before. Like, have you no one gold medals swimming? I
0: have. I've. Right.
1: <laughs> so if you put me in a swimming pool, I would drown. But you can swim like a fucking dolphin. So... Yeah. You sent
0: me a, you sent me a message. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: sent me a, Be I, careful what you say here before I get cancelled by the way. It was
0: and this is what this I'm cancelling you mate. This is what's happening live. Darren Connors getting cancelled in this podcast. Um, no mate, listen, the you sent me a message one, one time after I, I won three gold medals at the Scottish Championship in that race and somebody pulled out and I was like, I could go in that race and they were like they were like, eh, but you you'd finish you'll finish last. Wow. (laughs) and I was like no I won't (laughs) so I ended up managing to win the three races and then I came out and you sent me a message saying, you're like cut angle the broken here's like my broken neck but I've got two legs that don't do the job you know what I mean and and, um, when you sent me that I I was howling for about 10 minutes (laughs) do you know what see when you sent me that i am not even I've seen I'm going to be totally honest, right, you see when you said that about cut angle. like, compared to cut-angle. See, every time I go over the one, I listen a cut angle, dressing go rest and, yeah. <laughs> rest and on the way there, just because of that thing you said about that. So, it's, uh, um, yeah, like, just because I can't walk and you can stand up doesn't mean that you can do more than me. Yeah. Which is why disability is kind of, in itself, what does it even mean? Like, like I've made this point before, right? when my phone goes out of chat, like when my phone is not working, you know, and you can't get it. Comes up saying your phone's being disabled, but you call me disabled, so does that mean that I can't work like a phone? Yeah, like is has the, is the idea that being disabled means you can't work? Because if it is, that it's something we need to change, mm. do you know? What I mean? It's something that we need to change, and it's why, like, we we I think we in society get told to get put to the side, like, and all your time acting and doing comedy and doing all these things. How many people? With us, but we've seen addition for things and doing these, you know, going for these things and doing comedy or doing, you know, not many people are doing it because we're not encouraged to be creative. The only thing that I've seen it in
1: mm. is stand-up comedy. Really? It's funny, considering yeah. the fact we none of us can stand up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, I mean, that's the beautiful thing about stand-up comedy. I've said this. Can I just double-check to see if that's still recording, mate? I, just
0: I think uh, I've got fucking OCD or something. No, I get what you're saying. Cause
1: cause
0: imagine how soul-destroying that would be if, uh, if it wasn't recording. <laughs> I don't know. I need to, the only reason why somebody else isn't in here doing it is because of the social distancing thing. I don't want to have three no, people that's cool. in the room and all that. Usually I would uh, have somebody there, but... No, that's cool. Um,
1: but I, like, see, before I was a stand-up comedian, I was raised in a Catholic school. Everybody was the same. Everybody was the same colour. I never met a gay person in my life. I don't think I ever met a black person in my life. And then I started doing stand-up comedy at 18 years old and all of a sudden I'm in a green room with, like, gay people, immigrants, um, disabled people, uh, any person you can think of like it's just mixed and it was such an amazing and beautiful experience because we're all there for the same reason it's to make each other laugh yeah and it's what a buzz and it's such a supportive community like some of my pals i won't name them because that's another uh, thing as well you don't want that tag it's like oh kieran's my mate he's disabled or such and such is my mate She's, yeah, she's gay. Yeah, exactly.
0: Like, who it's gives not, a fuck if she's gay? It's, yeah, because it's not about that. It's about, And you don't want to seem like that's what it's about, because there's yeah. not what it's about. So I understand that. So,
1: yeah. but like... You know, it's just such a supportive community, and there is... Uh, you're all walks of life there, and we're all classed as comedians. That's...
0: Yeah. That. That, I mean, that see, I think that's what's so kind of... Brought of the comedy, that it's such a, like... I think... The reason why you see that is because everyone is so free to express themselves.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Like, you you, you know, com- you, like that's why you kind of, I suppose, I don't know, I won't know much about it, but I suppose that's why you can't really teach it as much. It's just about who you are. And that's probably why people, you know, people with these different minority groups enjoy it because they're fully free to express themselves and say what they want to say. Yeah. Which is why the whole idea of not allowing people to say outrageous things in comedy is becoming a like bigger problem than it really like yeah were, were you, were you, i mean how much are you having to know like watch what you're saying and and be sort of are you is that something that's coming in into it more because of the way that we are with like the whole cancel culture and stuff uh,
1: well I, tr- I try my best not to get too lost in that because yeah. at the end of the day i just want to make people laugh I've always made myself the joke so I think that's important I I don't really care about anybody else's style really but I'm the butt of the joke, I don't want to make you the joke, it's me Mm -hmm. see when you make yourself the joke you can say anything on stage something doesn't sit right with me when I slag other people the only time I slag other people is when I get heckled if you heckle me at a gig then it's fair game I'm going to say anything because you heckled and you're disrupting mm-hmm. the show, but I'll I'll never be cruel. I mean, I'll see some outrageous stuff, like from from Darren the comedian for Bobby is night and day. Bobby is like a lovable, childlike man mm-hmm. who's innocent. He doesn't swear, and he just like wants affection and friendship. Darren the comedian talks about. You know, suicide attempts, depression, drugs, uh, shit in my pants, anything really. So it's fair yeah, game. Like yeah. stand up. I try not to look into it too much. Yeah, just what to be funny.
0: But because it's just, I just don't like. Because it's like you want you want people to. It's important that we don't like you know people are not saying. Um. Things that are putting people down like that and like yeah. and but I feel like comedians you can't really you can't take what you see on stage as gospel, it's a part of an act as well. Like yeah. you're you're putting on a show, you're trying you're trying to get the laugh. So if you know, so it's you should you should, you should come in there as part of our audience being like this isn't what he says to, if he says anything about it that offends me, it's not about me. Yeah, it's not about he's not talking to me and personally attacking me. It's just his performance. You know what I mean, or your you know yeah, whoever's performance? It's like that's like an ever changing thing. Mm-hmm. But you talk. I was just thinking that. See the see like when you're talking about depression. Did you ever? What was it like? Did you ever go in uh, depressions and stuff? Um, I really hope my mom is not watching this. <laughs>
1: Um, I, did, I did go for a wee while I went on them for a wee yeah. while I can't remember what ones they were called but um, I, I was on them for maybe a year and a half and yeah they served a purpose yeah. they helped me for the for a short time but I don't know if I they also made me feel numb mm-hmm. so when I was doing stand up and I was dying in my arse it never affected me whether if I did die in my i before, I'd, it would hurt me, and I'd be like, I need to do better. But when I was full of antidepressants, um, I just didn't really care. Yeah. Um. I'm not saying don't take them. If you need help and your doctor tells you to take them, then take them. Yeah. But that's why I've always tried to just be sober, change my diet, vegan, all that kind of stuff, and live a,
0: a better life. Yeah, I, and because it's like for me, finding a person that's sort of similar, but I just felt like I was either unhappy or numb. Yeah. You know, it's it's not really the way I live life. You need to kind of learn to deal with. You need to make sure the downs aren't too down, and you know you keep yourself level. K, yeah. Kind of thing. Um. but you spoke about going vegan, there, right And that's just something I want to get into with because, like I said earlier, you are the last guy I would have thought. Or Michael thought would become a, a, you know, a vegan and no meat and all that. Yeah. And so you get off the booze and, you, and you're kind of going through your living and you're doing well with Scott Squad and comedy and all that. But what then made you go, I'm going to go vegan? Because it's such a huge change to your diet as well.
1: Well, when I chucked booze, I ballooned up. I went up to about 20 stone because I just stopped drinking and just started eating. And then I started justifying it. Oh, I don't drink anymore, so I'll have a takeaway. And then it turned into kebabs and everything, every night of the week. But the thing that triggered it was um, I climbed over a fence to take a shortcut to go into my my mum's street. (laughs) And when I got to the top of the hill after climbing the fence, I honestly get this chest pain. It was like a shooting pain in my chest that I've never experienced before. And it gave me such a feeling of fear that I thought, am I going to die? Like, and I was only, what am I, 31 at the time or something. So I went to my bed that night and it never really left me the whole night. This mild ache in my chest. I went to my bed and I was like, I might die in my sleep or something. And it was just such an embarrassing feeling. So I thought, I weighed myself as well in the gym. And like nearly, I was over 20 stone actually. I was like 20 stone, five pounds. Yeah. And I could, I felt my soul leave my body with shame. Because I knew I was heavy, but I never thought I was that heavy. And I just thought, how can I eliminate what is bad for me and do something that's good for me? And I heard a guy called Rich Roll, who is a vegan ultra runner. And he's also an alcoholic, recovered alcoholic. And he was about 50 pounds overweight. And he talks about how he gets sober, then he put on a lot of weight, then he became vegan. And there was just something about it that really appealed to me. I, I watched um, Earthlings with Joaquin Phoenix. He's the the, yeah. the, the, the narrator in it. Was he? He's one of my favourite actors as well. Joking movie was amazing, man. Aye. So I watched that and it disturbed me. It was about factory farming and stuff. So, not only did I see a reason to no-eat animals, I also heard about the health benefits through the Rich Roll podcast. So, I thought, you know what? I'll start this off as a wee... It could be a joke. I could maybe get material from it. But I'll essentially just eat as much veg as I can and stop eating junk food and see where it takes me. And with just filling my head full of this... Pod, vegan podcasts and reading vegan books and watching things like the game changers and stuff but when I started eating this food it just obviously see when you stop eating junk food it's yeah. gonna make you feel amazing right so I went from this horrible depressed feeling of like instant euphoria and um, I noticed that I was like rapid weight loss as well and seeing all honesty it just tastes uh there's no agenda with me. Like, I'm just a working class guy. That yeah. Like, why would I lie about being a vegan? Like, the food... You get paid, I, you get paid I, off like, by the conspiracy. Theories. I tell you what, though. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest with you, right? This is how selfish I am. See if it didn't taste amazing. I wouldn't do it. Yeah. The food is actually delicious. And it makes me feel good. And it took away those bad foods like kebabs and McDonald's. Because if you're going to say you're an alcoholic, I think I'm a food. Like, I I get a drug high from Um. eating junk food. So, going vegan instantly eliminated all that. Um, I'm probably still classed as overweight. I'm probably even classed as obese. But I tell you what, I'm a 34 and a waist. And I can run to the... I can run ten k, yeah.
0: and I can climb over a fence and not think my heart's gonna explode. It's amazing, man, because it's like, like I said before, you, you are but There's like a different. There's like a different feel for me, man. Your whole, your whole personality just feels like you're fully being yourself, and you've let go of these things.
1: Oh, thank you, mate. And you know what? It's a part of growing up as well. I'm still a young guy. Yeah. I'm 33, but you find your voice as you go grow older. You realize, do you know what? Drinking drugs are no for me. Mm-hmm. Being in this environment's no for me. See, now, I love being a vegan. I do things like I used to go to the cinema all the time by myself, right? Yeah. See, if that was 10 years ago and somebody told me they went to the cinema by themselves, I'd think, you're a psychopath or there's something wrong with you. I, I just do what makes me happy.
0: And everybody should do, 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 do the same thing, yeah. Do you feel like you're not, you feel that you're more, like, sort of in tune with how you feel about things and that? Because, like, people, I think, like, you just what you just said there is people would say, oh, he's a weirdo because he goes to the cinema himself. But you're doing it because you like it, and you don't care if anybody else, whatever, and yeah. you about it. People find a big problem with that. And I'm like, well, maybe the only way to really figure out who you are is to sort of figure out things you like to do on your own. Because if you always need somebody there, probably, you probably don't feel too great about yourself. And, you know, if that was that, as a kid, like, did you ever, did you ever feel like that where you always felt like you had needed somebody there? Because I definitely felt like that. When I always needed to be. Like, just that you always needed a company, you always needed to have, like, you could never handle being on your own and doing something on your own because you just felt too, like, it was as if there wasn't a distraction.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean it was always always texting people, always on the phone. What you up to tonight? Let's do something. Let's go for something to eat. As you get older, everybody starts having girlfriends and relationships and started to get married. Michael's married now. He's got a couple of kids, so Michael can't meet up as much. And you think, God, what am I going to do? You can't sit in your company for five minutes and be in your own head. No, swing, swing the other way. I probably enjoy my company, my own company too much. But it's just about finding your own voice and doing what makes you happy and your pals will always be there. I was speaking to my social distance chatson, but um you're always worried. I think it's just and it's just a part of growing. Yeah. And and I know I've repeated myself, but it's just about finding your own voice. But I had that as well, mate. A feeling of like I need to do something, I really need to do something. You're chasing something, there's a hole, there's a hole there in your heart and you're just trying to fill it with stuff. It's so true. You try and fill it with food, drugs, drink, or trying to make people laugh all the time or something. Mm -hmm. But then when you find your voice and your own comfort, you don't really need to do that anymore. You start to think, wait a minute, I might be self-harming myself with food and drink and Jumping up, Wendy's at parties, <laughs> so people can laugh at me.
0: Oh man, I've done. I mean, I, like, see, right. <sighs> taking this off, man. I know, mate. My head was itching the whole. Do you know? I feel.
1: <laughs> I think we've been doing it for like fifty minutes. I feel like it. It went on too long for me to say. Can you take that off?
0: No. Oh, I tell you why and when this question. See, because uh, I'd said to people that I was going to wear a Scooby-Doo day right? Right. And I'll tell you why. But the reason why I'm wearing this is because I've seen it in my Facebook memories, where I'm like, I've got this on it, and I'm going like that, and I'm steaming, and I'm going out to a party, and I'm like half bottle in or something, and I'm looking at myself, and I'm going, what was I doing? And then I'm, but then, but as I'm, as I'm saying this to you right now, I'm thinking, oh, well, I'm sitting still in the costume years later, so what am I doing now? <laughs> <laughs> but the... the the Scooby-Doo thing, right, because cause I, I went not a uh, a of school school um, the, the other day that I told them I was going to wear it and why I was going to wear it. I couldn't find the Scooby-Doo ones, right? But when I was in the head of, like, just wanting to kind of fit into the to the sort of school and all that and make powers and stuff, because like you say, it was kind of like a thing where I was looking for acceptance a lot, you know what I mean? You're looking for just people to say, do they like you, who for, for who you are? Mm-hmm. And but you, so you end up, what you end up doing really is sort of like adjusting yourself to fit what they want more. And and then when they don't even like that, you're still left being like, why does nobody want to have it with me? Yeah. Um. That's and even though people, you're thinking that in your head because you're harshing yourself, but people do. And you're thinking? Yeah. You just kind of been harshing yourself, like you said earlier, but. I went, there was this big party when we were in, uh, I, was, I think I was 17 or something, and we went, everybody, I swear to God, mate, this that, empty night, everybody in perspective everybody I have ever seen in my life was at this party, man, it was unbelievable the amount of people that were there, because, um, you know, I'm not going to name that but people that were at school and that will know exactly what I'm talking about, uh, this guy had an empty and everyone just turned up, and people just turned up to ruin his house man it was, it was a shame it was terrible what was happening. but I was like what can I do that's going to be funny here and make me fit into the crowd right so my thought was like I'm not going to get in the house in the chair because I'm going to have to crop stairs which is something I did on a regular basis which is mad to think that's why my knees are now currently gubbed in my five side career it's over <laughs> because I guess to play goes on my knees if anybody doesn't know but the we get up these stairs. I thought to myself, like, right, I'm going to be crawling about a house with like loads of people in it, and thinking like, how, how can I fit my costume into thinking? Then thinking, so I thought, Scooby, doo you I'm going to be crawling about the floor, so people might. <laughs> so math. This is legitimately my thought process. Was people might think that I'm just committed to committed to the act of the costume by crawling about the floor a Scooby-Doo do you know what I mean like I'm just oh because it's a dog <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking like because it's a dog they'll think oh you're just calling the book because it's a dog costume not because he can't walk do you know what I mean that's a proper method actor I Mate, mean, that's genuinely what my thought process was and like people would come up to me and be like people because people were there that I didn't know and there was just random the people there, and they were like oh that's funny you are calling the book uh, you know with a Scooby-Doo costume and I was like aye that's exactly why I'm winning it, so you think that's why i win it? Um, <laughs> so, we get into this house now, right? And, it, like, I come in, but before I got there, I turned some stuff, so I'm already quite tipsy, and the whole time I'm there, I'm just trying to get as drunk as possible, and then, like, an hour ever two into it, because there's so many people, went to just turn out a riot. Police turned up quite quickly. This is the point where I'm hoping my mum's not watching this. <laughs> but <laughs> um, the police turned up pretty quickly, and as... Everyone's scamming to get the house and that, because we're all underage. I then to jump on the couch. Now, the police come in, and they're like, get up and get out. And you're, you're sitting there, and you're like, well... And you're th- I'm thinking to myself, no, they'll know that I need the wheelchair, because my wheelchair's sitting there today. <laughs> so they'll know that I need it. But then he comes in and goes, get out. And, like, and I'm like... And then I go on my knees to call it, and he's like, stop teething that, Vicky. Fucking get up and get out. And I'm like, mate... I can't what? what? Like So but it turns out I didn't know this right But somebody's Out of the Out of the front Of the, the house In my wheelchair Driving oh, a boat. Wow. So the police come in Thinking that I'm Not the guy That needs the chair <laughs> And that My pal or whoever there <laughs> is Is sitting In the chair <laughs> And needs it And like they, They're getting really pissed At me man I'm yeah. thinking I'm not But the thing is Right is It could have also been Because I was up with that I don't know what I was saying <laughs> But, but Imagine
1: if they were like, "Here,
0: who's Doug's at? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I don't know what I would have done. But so, so I'm, so I'm like that. Like, you're gonna to need to listen to me here. I can't do this, mate. You're asking me to, to go down these stairs. Aye. And honestly, when he, when the guest is, I can't even mind who it was. It was in the chair. But when he stands up, they look on these two, you know, two post faces. they're just like oh my god, we've been telling this guy to get the house and we can't even Aye. get down the stairs. And it was like, oh man, it was just, I just remember thinking like, when I look back at things, I think that was a pure mad situation I got myself in because I couldn't believe he actually thought, I I'd committed to making people think I could walk so much that the, <laughs> the two police guys came in, looked at me sit because if you look at me sitting in a seat, you wouldn't think I was in a the chair then. And it never occurred to me until they. It never really occurred to yeah. me that until they did that. But looking back on it, actually, it was quite a good thing because it made me see that maybe not everybody's seen this year, as well. No, and plus
1: the the guy's just a human being. I know, no. He's just like a... picture it. He's hundred wee guys in it, right? He's in fight or flight. He's probably a wee bit worried. Am I going to get attacked? Is somebody yeah. going to throw a bottle at me when I'm no looking? Exactly. He's ran into the house. And he's just seen you sitting on the couch. It's like you says you you don't look. I hate to say the word disabled, but I know, you, uh, you just look like a normal young guy. Yeah. So he's just seen you sitting on the
0: couch, and he's thought, stop taking a piss and get up. because uh, I think he thought like he, he thinks I'm crawling about. Because I'm telling him that's why. Like at first I was steaming him, and I'm saying, but he thinks I'm crawling about because I'm in the, I'm in a, I'm being a dog, and I'm in the Scooby-Doo course. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, for God's sake, man! Like what? How <laughs> what's I doing? Like, I'm thinking that they, what, surely there's got to come a point, because in my head I'm thinking, are they going to actually think that they have to pull me at the house? Because at one point it felt like it was going to turn out like that scene for still game with Joel, with a, like, <laughs> when he give me a drag up the road, mate. And you're like, I need, yeah. I need this guy to get in my wheelchair, man. I need to check up the roads. Um, but yeah, I got myself into some pretty, see, as I was saying that, it, it made me think about uh, Michael. Because I was thinking about how I became the guy that had the gas in high school a lot, just because people, I think one of the biggest, one of the things that made me think about passionately about access and stuff is that I was also sort of, it was made difficult through not being able to get into people's houses and get to the parties or the nightclubs and stuff. And um, so when it came to like actually wanting to be, And and with the group and stuff like that, you had to be the guy having the party. Yeah. And so, which was a nightmare for my mum and dad, of course. But I had had so many times that I had house parties. But I was just thinking about the time Michael had one, and it was a and I was thinking, were you there? Were you were you there when Michael had that? Um, I think it was the eighteenth or something. (sighs) I can't remember, mate. Because he, because my mum and dad always. Every time I had a party, they it wasn't as bad as when Michael had an eighteenth yeah, because it was just um, riots and stuff, man. I
1: don't annoying. think so, I can't even remember any any of that. Plus I don't want to get them into trouble. <laughs> Better
0: watch what I'm saying. I know I'm putting
1: them on the oh, spot. like oh the night we had a movie. <laughs> Aye. I was in my bed for half nine that night. Oh, no, I, I can't remember, mate. I'm no. thirty
0: three, man, that was like forty five like, years ago. See, I, I I've got a bad habit of every thing. The the part, I remember the parties there was two different occasions, right? where the parties finished. And one of them was I came in, we we just had a pure big empty and I put it on Facebook and all that. I don't know what I was doing. But all these guys that I'd never seen before in my life were turned up in the house and that. And my mum and dad are God knows where. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what what have I done here? But I go to the toilet, I come back out, I'm like, this isn't too bad, everything's alright, we're gonna be fine. And I come out the toilet. <laughs> Mate, honestly, I come at to the toilet, go into the living room, right, and, the, and 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 I just see in the space of like five seconds, somebody's sick on the couch, really big sick on the couch, right, and then I I see like a police van with lights driving past, and then I see, and then right after I see that a guy comes in from the kitchen, and with a fire extinguisher and just sprays it everywhere, <laughs> mate, and I'm like, what is going on? What are you doing? Th- what are you th-? doing? Just foams, foams, everywhere. The house is a riot. And, and I'm like, wait, I think the game's a bogey, <laughs> right? Like, I think, like, there's no coming back for this. I'm caught. This is, there's no yeah. way I'm going to hide this. So I went to the kitchen, pulled out a big bottle of Midori because it was the only thing I could find, opened it and turned it uh, straight. As I turned it straight in my living room, my brother Christopher walks in and he's like, what are you doing? Our house is gonna get burned. night. I <laughs> don't do it. and I'm like, mate, it's done. Let's just get drunk and forget about it. It's finished. This house is finished. <laughs> um, so it was things like that, like I, <laughs> it's like a confession <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I know, I know, but and that's what I'm saying. Is like I feel, I feel like you're the only guy. You're the guy I wanted. Like I can talk to about stuff like that because you've actually, You know, you're not just. It's great to have you on because you're like people know you and you're you're well known and you're you're for Scottish squad and you've done all these great things with your career but it's also to me you're, just, you're also just like dad and the guy that helped me through all these things and and you were have part of me even though you know, making that you didn't need to do what you did for me man yeah and so that's not something that I forget about and I knew that uh, we have similar sort of like personality that way, so it's why it's, I'm able to be honest about those kind of things. But it's not something that I'm not definitely I'm not necessarily ashamed of it. I'm just more like that because I kinda look at it like if none of that had happened, I don't know if I'd be here the way I am just now. Yeah. So like even though we had these moments of shame, it's like if you don't go through these things you're not gonna come out the other end to be who it is you want to be. And be comfortable. you're quite comfortable with who you are now and you feel pretty good. Yeah. And so that I, it's like, would that have happened if I didn't feel those lows? Um, and I think a, lot, a big part of the problem is that we try and pretend that those lows and those difficult things aren't there. And But the, but the problem is, right, they're always going to be there. They're always going to be. Yeah. It, nobody you've ever met in your whole life has ever said to you, my life has been pitch perfect for the word go. And nothing's ever happened that I've never liked, you know, not liked yeah. or something like that. So it's like, um, we don't accept the fact that it's not if bad things are going to happen to you, bad things will happen to you. It's yeah. just a matter of how you are going to deal with it. And then actually putting the support out there for people.
1: Yeah, okay. I love that. It's not, it's just how you handle it. Yeah. I love how you said that everybody's not normal as well. And I've realised that through acting because it's very cutthroat, and then you become hypersensitive to your appearance and stuff. And it's I mean, I I fully admit that I've had a problem with self-image. Not recently, not for a couple of years, but since I've been five, I've always felt too ugly, too fat. I remember when I was... I've got a birthmark on my finger as well. See, when you're young and you're in primary school, you think, Oh my God, am I Quasimodo? But, like, I had massive NHS classes as well. But your whole life, you think, too fat. Or, you know how you were saying, because you're in no. the wheelchair? Yeah. Do you think, like, at a party, do you think, am I going to be the only person that's in a wheelchair? Yeah. But when I went into a room, I thought, am I going to be the fattest person in this room? Mm. Uh, who else is fat? See, when I walked into a room and I seen another fat person, I thought, fucking yes, man. I'm no, I'm not the only fat person here and then you just build it up and as days go by it gets worse and worse but i'm happy with how i look i like having a birthmark on my finger i've got a weird chipped fat lip as well i fell off a bike when i was a wee guy Mm -hmm. and it proper fucked my mouth up but now i like that wee kind of i'm like do you know what elvis had a fat lip jack queen phoenix has got a fat lip exactly i quite like having a wee fat lip and then At the start of lockdown, I had stress. No stress, but see, just because a lockdown was happening, I felt stress, right? Mm -hmm. And I noticed that my hair was falling. I wasn't going bald, but it was like alopecia chunks of hair falling. Mm -hmm. And I was devastated. See, when you're losing your hair, and I thought, fuck, is that my manhood? You actually question your manhood? And then I thought, do you know what? I'm not going to let something so stupid as... I wasn't even going bald, it was thinning. And I just done that, shave it off. And see, shaving my hair off, mate, it's been so, it's given me such a confidence boost. Like, growing the beard, getting a shaved head, I actually feel, like, cool. And I've it looked, looks cool,
0: mate. It but, does look cool. It does
1: look but, cool. Well, thank you very much. But I just realised, like, life is too short to be worried about your fucking hair or if you feel like you're too fat. Like, I don't care if I'm fat. I care if I'm healthy, yes, and I feel healthy. I exactly. feel the healthiest I've ever been in my life.
2: Yeah,
0: and it's it comes back to this sort of like body image thing. Yeah, of what the media put out there and how, you know. For me, it was, I wanted to be. I thought I wanted to be like. I wanted to be. a I had all these mad thoughts. Like I be a wrestler. I wanted to be in WWE. I wanted to be. Yeah. Um. You know, I used to dream to be a WWE wrestler. But you would never see anything in the telly, do you know what I mean? You would never yeah. see anything in the or, or like so. It was just this whole idea that we have of you have to be a certain way to feel good isn't true because you could look like Arnold Schwarzenegger and still feel miserable, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't even really like, like nothing you get. I know plenty of people that can walk that are miserable, <laughs> so that's true. So, you when you're younger, like they sort of ding with this, they, they dine with this cat in front of you, like once you get skinny. You'll be you you you'll be happy once you can walk. You'll be happy, yeah. but then that's why yet why you know these famous people that yeah. that do all the that achieve all their dreams and do all these things and uh-huh. they, and then they, and then they end up dying by suicide. You know, like yeah. Rob, Robin Williams and all that. Look like at Robin Williams, and he was like, everything about him. Like he had he had achieved what you'd want to achieve in your life pretty much, and like. If you if you would have thought of a scenario like him, Gary Speed, He was mm. a he was a Welsh manager at the time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think um like we we built these I'm just gonna check your time, mate. I'm not being rude. Yeah. I think we've done this just to let you know, it's twenty past seven. Have, so that, I think we've been doing it since six. That That's right. an hour and twenty minutes. That's, I'm happy to keep talking, I, don't be. d I
0: didn't even realise that. But
1: I see that. I mean, the sad thing about Robin Williams is he was sick. I can't remember yeah. what he. Ah, uh, it
0: was. It was. It was a, I think maybe something like dementia yeah. or something like that. Yeah.
1: Something. It was such a rare form of dementia. He couldn't get it diagnosed, yeah. and I think it was causing him a lot of pain. Uh, so I'm not too. I don't want to bastardize it, but I don't think it was depression. That yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. I. I just himself.
0: mean. I just mean the sense of like. You, you. They put these goals in front of you, and they say if you reach these goals you'll be happy for it. Yeah. And it's not true. Because yeah. if you're not, if you're hating yourself and who you are the whole way through trying to become something else and then you get to become that something else, most of the time when you become something else, you're still going to feel the same way you felt about yourself before. Yeah.
1: That's, you know what I mean? Plus, I, I've been that. I thought, do you know what? See, when I was 21, I was 18 stone, I think. Yeah. And my brother was getting married and I thought, For my brother's wedding, I'm going to lose weight. And it was the first time in my life that I ever lost weight. I went from 18 stone to 12 and a half stone. Now, 18 years of my life, I thought, I'm depressed because I'm fat. Mm. If I lose this weight, I will not be depressed anymore. See, when I got myself down to 12 and a half stone, and I was at my brother's wedding, it was worth too young and too immature to realise that there was something else. I didn't know what the word depression meant but it brings me comfort knowing that it's nothing to do with that, really.
0: Do you know what I mean? Uh, it's all in your head. Aye. How you see it. Aye. And that's what we—that's what you're trying to change with these kind of conversations, because, like, what you just said there, yeah. I got into the gym um, once I came back from that holiday that I spoke about before, my pals came back from there, had, like, sort of a epiphany that I had to change something. Um, yeah. And when we got... When I got into the gym and I got myself into shape and feeling good and feeling positive, there was this thing of, like when I was in school, because I I wasn't really in about the social groups and stuff, I didn't do very well with the ladies, so to speak, right? And so I came out of high school with this really strong want to have a girlfriend and have a relationship and not feel like I was ever going to be normal until I had a girlfriend and was in a relationship. And then I got it and. <laughs> and it's the just shite. <laughs> 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 Mate, it's just not when you like, you just think, you just think you're going to feel oh, this is brilliant. And, it was, yeah. and don't get me wrong, it's nothing to do with that person, right? Who other people are. Like, uh, any relationship you've been in, there's always good points and stuff. But, like, I just knew that I was only really in them for them to make me feel good about myself and not for the fact that I wanted to be with them. Do you know what I mean? It yeah. was like, I just always needed of that, And I've, I've held on to things with people in relationships and stuff just because it's like, you, you if you get rid of them, you're not going to be, you're going to be um, alone. Yeah. And that's not something that I have to deal with. I think um, it's called uh, codependent. Yeah, um, and I, I definitely was. Were you? Did you feel anything like that? In terms yeah. of relationships and stuff? Like, how was that? When, because you've went through, like, a big giant kind of transition in your life through all these different things, right? So what, you must have, what was it like trying to have a relationship with somebody through these different sort of times in your life? I, d- I didn't. You didn't? I, I avoided
1: it. Eh? I was the same as you. I was in high school and, uh, you know, you're nine stone bigger than everybody else and you just don't know how to look after yourself. You don't, you've never been taught about nutrition and diet or to look after yourself. So I had a big stupid fringe done past my eyebrows, a pair of glasses that were digging into the side of my head. I looked like fucking Peter Griffin, man. And I felt like I wasn't... I never had the confidence. I was always self-conscious. So I just thought I'll avoid a relationship. I think it was a mixture of... Even if someone was interested in me, I just avoided it because I was worried or scared or whatever. Yeah. It wasn't until I got a wee bit older then I realised. Then I got the confidence through doing stand-up comedy and stuff. Then you just become a grown-up. and But I still have my insecurities and I've had girlfriends since and I've been in relationships and fortunate enough to be pals with, with them still and uh, I can't really say the same. Hi. <laughs> <Aye. laughs> and I'm I'm kind of seeing somebody right now. I mean, it's no, like, a serious relationship yet,
0: but... I thought we were... I thought that's this, what this was. Are we not?
1: Well, if you elected me finish my sentence, I was going to say the person I'm seeing is you. <laughs> that's
0: why I'm dressed up for you, mate. You say something like that. <laughs> I, I <I'm laughs> <having it>. <laughs> 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 No, but... Aye, wait, see what I talk
1: about. Because I always feel like I get shoehorned into the sad...
0: Fucking come on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Bobby. No, like, well, let's talk about... uh... Wait a
1: minute. How long are we allowed in this building for? Um, I don't know, mate. How long have we been going for? Uh, Well, (laughs) we've been going for... uh, It's it's one hour and 26 minutes. Is it? Yeah.
0: Is it on? Nice. This is, that's pure fluid, isn't it? Well, we, we can, we are able to stay in for like another half hour or something if you want, but, um, you know, basically pretty much, uh, the person who's helped this is, which is, uh, you know what, this is terrible because I, I can never pronounce her name right in my life, but I want to say Parisa or, and I'm just going to call her Pacha because that's what it is the name, right? But, Pacha? But That's she's nice. honestly, like we we can. She, this is this is her place, and what she does is is, is aesthetics, uh, like lip fillers and and and, and tooth whitening and stuff. And it was really interesting because I was looking for a studio, and then we came down. Like I'm wanting to t- Well, no, I'm not wanting, but I'm going to Tesco <laughs> one day. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I'm going to Tesco one day, and she's just parking my car, man, and, and like we just get talking because I know her because you're like basically I knew her through a boyfriend Wilshire. Well she um, just knew who she was through that but I knew that she did all that stuff as well yeah and we I'm going through down at the, down the Tesco and she's just there and she's talking to me about the podcast I'm talking to her about the podcast I happened to mention the fact that I was looking for her somewhere and um she was saying to me that she's really passionate about mental health and all these things and really likes what I was doing and, and said I could come by and use it and, it and I thought it was like one of the it's just one of the kindest things anyone's ever done for yeah, me that's lovely and, and so sh- this if you're going to get like any of that kind of stuff done she's the person I get, because she's doing it for the right reasons a lot of people are doing things like this for yeah. the wrong reasons mm. and she's doing it for the right reasons a lot of things fall into
1: your pace as well when when you don't think I mean you just went to the shops one night and you literally bumped into her and in now Look what's happening?
0: Honestly, this is why I'm telling you, I genuinely think that when you, that when you put something out right there in your mind, like, I've, like see, before I'm, see, I swear to God, mate, I'm not making this, this is true. That night that I went to Tesco, I, I was I was either going to go down to my house, got my Tesco, and my head went, I'm going to just go up to Tesco. I didn't even know what I was going to, tesco to get, really. It's just, I'm just going to go to Tesco. Like, so it's like, I just feel like the, everything that's happened. Wait, what is it? It's like, do you, know what, do you know what that's like? That's like that video Are you putting the cone and the person's head.
1: <laughs> I'm just going to Tesco.
0: <laughs> I don't even
1: know why I'm going to Tesco. I'm just going to go. Mate,
0: I just was like, no, but honestly, I was like, I, I knew there was like food in that I wanted to eat, right? but I was just like, I didn't need to go. I just didn't need yeah. to go. I knew there was stuff there. I just thought i would go. And like, that just made me think of it. What was that all about? See the thing that you put the cone? Yeah. And the person said, what was that about when you did the uh, the video with, like, uh, oh, see when you went like that, can I be Mrs. Daly? That was the funniest thing I've heard in my life, that video. Call How did it. that all come about? I've wondered, oh, I've always wondered about that, actually. Uh,
1: it was just a short video for the BBC uh, Social. It did you was... come up with it? Was it your idea? No, it wasn't my idea. It was a director called Connor Riley. All oh, right. And he had the premise and... I mean I improved a lot of it, like the Missy's Daily stuff and Oh man, the, so funny man. Uh, all that kind of stuff was a lot of it was improved but it was their idea. It's like Scott squad, yeah. squad, it's their um their idea, but uh, I improved probably. my stuff.
0: Because I, I I was just so it was one of the funniest things. Honestly. Oh, geez, um, mate. And but the point but the point is, the point is right, it's not so much like feeling like I'm gonna it go but because I didn't I didn't go to Tesco thinking I was gonna meet somebody that was gonna be my studio. I mean, that's not the point. Yeah, so that's mental, right? The point is, is that everything that's happened with the podcast, right, has been very much by chance, very much yeah. like I can't believe it happened. Um, even like a couple, one of the guests I had, Mike here, I spoke, to, I had an interview with him like two years before, for college, and I wanted to get in touch with him when, when, it, when we decided that I was going to do this podcast as part of the portfolio Football Football project. And then he, I couldn't find him anywhere. It was off social media, then, And all that. And then I met somebody at Tesco, same Tesco. He went, uh, he. What, me, what is it with you and Tesco? Me, I, swear to God, I swear to God, this is true, right? I went to Tesco and as I'm, I'm behind this guy in the queue and he's going to pay for something, but his car's not working or something like that. He can't pay for it. And I'm like, I'll pay for it. And he's like, he's like, no, no. So he ends up able to pay for it, but he just remembers the fact that I said, I'll pay for it. So he comes out and he's like, Here, thanks for that and we start talking and then next thing I know he invites me to like his house well, this was when lockdown was eased, so kind of but we're all at the back and there's like me and his me and his pal basically. And we're talking and um I start talking about the podcast and I start talking about Mike and wanting him on and then he goes, You something with Mike here? And I'm like, What? I And he's like my dad is pals with him. He has his number. And I'm like, you're joking. That is mental. And so, see, now when I say that, like, this was only going to be, like, a 10-week thing, and I can't ever imagine not doing it now. That is mental, mate. Like, it, like it just feels like what I'm supposed to be doing, <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean? And I, I had an 18-year-old, like, Lassie messaged me the other, the other day, and she was like, I really found it really comfort comforting. You talking about mental health and it really helped with XYZ and, and how you were talking about things that people don't usually talk about. And I think surely there's like a billion podcasts out there, surely somebody's talking about the things I'm talking about. Do you know what I mean? I kept
1: doesn't matter. Um, there's but, a billion T V shows, there's uh, a billion books.
0: But my point is that she when you hear things like that and things like that happen. Yeah. You just sort of feel I'm not like a religious person at night. Yeah. Overly. But I would just felt as if I was doing something they not only made me feel good, but made made others feel good, and it made me feel like I was doing what was supposed to be done. Yeah. And I have wanted to have you on phrases, but like I said to you before, I wanted to do it where we could do it exactly how we've done it. This is went exactly the way I would have wanted it to go, you
1: know. the third time you go to Tesco, <sighs> hopefully I see you. Imagine you get hot
0: by a van or something. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I mean, like, at least I might hit a van. It's not like I'm not going to be able to walk after it. I'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 no, mate. I, like I told you, I've been telling you for months that I'd come on. I'm happy to come on anytime you want, and I have enjoyed it
0: Honestly, there's like a million different things, things we could talk about in million different stories, but yeah, I, I I can't. I I can imagine doing this with you a few times, and it's always like that's what felt this. Cause I was quite worried that we go on live, right? Because I'm thinking. Yeah, you've all, you always have the chance to edit stuff out if you mm-hmm. make a mistake or something like that. If you make say something stupid, yeah, and I'm thinking, man, I'm gonna put a foot in my mouth here or something more. <laughs> you know, what am I gonna say? No doubt, I've said things that my mum and dad are sitting watching and being like, "Why has he just said that?" But, yeah, house? but hopefully people find it funny. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Hopefully, it was a good laugh for them, and that's that's, that's what it's all about. And also just having like an actual honest conversation with somebody. Yeah. That, that I really was you know, like have a lot of respect for you, man. But, but by the way, before we finish, this is something that I was supposed to I should have mentioned earlier, like, right? military fitness yes. is something I wanted to talk to you about. Uh because Matt is like one of the best guys that I've ever met in my life. Yeah. But see that gym I go as another gym I go to everyday athlete, which is like they've changed my life and been so amazing to me. Uh, John and Tommy and, and all, all the people there actually in normal in the normal world I would have been a Halloween party at Everyday Athlete Gym tonight and um, which is why I thought I would do this in the hope that some of them would be watching in and, and get a laugh out it, but the with Matt what it was I was coming down honestly talk about things by chance mate I was going I put it all on the post but I'm coming home um, when I. From somewhere where I, I didn't even need to be out that night.
1: Were you going to Tesco? I, not, I, I, wasn't, right.
0: I wasn't going to Tesco, right, but I was going out um, and I was going out and when I was out, I didn't have to go down the route that I went. I could have went a different route. I went the pure long route because I thought it was safer for the chair. And as I'm going down this long route, this guy um, is in his car and he turns in just outside where that gym is. And I kinda went in front of him and I thought I'd cut him off or I thought I'd would cause I had my headphones on I wasn't put he he never said it and then but I just felt as if I'd been quite rude to the guy there. And so when he goes in the parks, um there's like a moment I'm sitting there I'm going Part of me wants to just go and say to the guy, Hey, sorry that have I got you your way there. It's a point and just leave. But my head went, look, that what I'm about is like I don't want that moment to have upset him if it has. Even if it hasn't, if it hasn't, it's like, no bother, and you go away, that's it. Yeah. All it only takes two seconds, do you know what I mean? Because you don't know. I just like, because a lot of the wee things that made me feel terrible were just that, wee things that nobody really knew, nobody would think that they were bad things, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, uh, so it was like, everything just made, every wee thing made every big thing worse. So I went to the guy and I just went, hey Matt, sorry that, like, he's he tells him his name obviously, but I'm like, hey sorry if I got in your way there and he goes, um, no, not at all mate, not at all, I've seen you for years what, past year and stuff, do you, go, do you go to the gym for that? And I'm like, yeah, I love going to the gym and he's like, I want that gym right there, you should come by tomorrow, we talk about it and we, I come by tomorrow and train with him and it was amazing and he was just like, I'm going to help you with this and this and this, do all these things for me and and the guy refuses to just like take anything from me, for it. it's honestly amazing and and then, like, a week later, like, a couple of weeks later, the first time I saw you in ages was, was in the gym. I was like, what? How are you doing? Yeah. You were doing one of the classes. Um, yeah. And you commented on it. You commented on the post saying that you th- you knew Matt and all that. And I didn't know. I didn't know that you, like, I knew that you'd been going to a gym. I didn't realize it was close to my house, is that? Yeah. So how did you meet Matt? How did that all come about, that gym? Like,
1: Honestly, it was the same again, mate. Like, I was, years ago, I was too self-conscious to go in and I was always walking past this gym and I was like, what is that, man? Military fitness. And I went in one day, so self-conscious. And Matt has a pal, I can't remember the guy's name, but I was, he's like, Matt was taking a class at the time. And the guy said, come in and have a chat. And I was like, ah, look, mate, can I just open and honest with you? Like, I'm really self-conscious about being fat. I think I might be too fat for this circuit training. So stupid. See, when you think about what you used to say... Yeah, yeah. You know, but the guy was so kind and understanding. I think he was in the army as well. Built built like a brick shithouse. He's he's like, ah, pal, don't worry about it. He's like, just come, try, do what you can. I don't go to Matt's class all the time because I'm a self-employed comedian. I'm always working or the COVID has yeah. restricted the gym and stuff. But any time I drop in, I always have a great chat with him. It's always a good workout. And uh, I love it. He's a it, great guy. It's
0: honestly, it's just like like you say, he's so... Like, I mean, there's two... It's crazy because he's such a nice... But he loves pushing you. He loves... Yeah. And I what I liked about him was he just... He showed me that kind of respect right away. I've been like... He didn't question what I... If I couldn't do something, he just assumed I could do everything. Yeah. And let me just do it. Do you know what I mean? And and it was like, and I swear to God, mate, I was like going down this, like the the, the past few days before that happened, I thought, I need somebody that's going to keep me in check sometimes. Like, I'm really, I'm down with the fitness thing and I really want to make it. In the past, we well have been making sure. That like during lockdown I went through phases where I was doing really well and I wasn't but what I'm trying to say is that I wanted to get the consistency I wanted to whenever somebody I almost feel like I care more about what other people think what how other people are feeling than I do myself yeah so when somebody's when somebody's holding me accountable and said if you don't come in yeah today it'll make me feel this way it makes you go I need to go in then
1: yeah
0: and he's great that way with that said I did miss his class this morning <laughs> <laughs> But it was, uh... Aye, fuck him. <laughs>
1: Let's just go to Tesco. <laughs> Get a meal deal.
0: Get a meal deal, mate, some rats, isn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, No, but listen, this has been amazing. And, and I, was, I really appreciate you coming on and, and um, doing this with me, mate. It's no, been a mate, good time.
1: I loved it. I'll just check a few things. right. That's uh, 28 now. So, um, uh ah,
0: it's 28. That's
1: a bit <laughs> <laughs> I need to be in my bed
0: for eight. Back <laughs> in nine, like, a cup of tea and that's you. No, uh,
1: Matt, here, hear, how, how horrible would it be if it was the recording?
0: Honestly, see if it's not recording, man. I would cry myself to sleep at night, honestly. <laughs> a bit too intense. <laughs> honestly, Maybe we mate, could just do it again. <laughs> honestly, wait, I would mean, honestly, because it, it's like, see the, 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 the amount of effort that's been put into set this up. Yeah. And do all this the past few weeks and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's been stressful. This just feels like a relief to be sitting here talking to you and and doing it. No. Uh-huh. And I'm doing it all just I'm hoping that I just hope that somebody watched it and had a laugh or watched it and was helped in some uh-huh. way. That's what it's all about. Yeah. And it's not about me money or that. It's just about try to um help people and I probably should mention the fact that uh these new these microphones and all that are from are from this monster and Kyle Financial who Chris Adams is a big part of that and we he's also again a wheelchair that I've known for years yeah I know Chris and and he's great and he listened to the first podcast and hope he's watching this now but and and he was talking to me about it and he thought I was onto something and he's helped me get guests on this stuff and he said I want to sponsor this and I don't want to take on a sponsor or sponsorship from anything. It doesn't agree. That doesn't fit in with what I'm not like. I'm. You're not gonna hit, sit here like me sitting like promote like like some like the KKK or something like that for, for a thousand you know pound or something. Like you don't. It needs to fit into like what the group, what the podcast is about. And and he 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 and the company Kyle Financial, they really do actually care about people. Yeah. And stuff like that. And this isn't like an added in, but they. Helping you And I'm just letting you know That I'm The same way you talked about Like Being vegan and that you're not Like I'm just saying it because They are good people And they deserve your support Yeah So go They've got great deals on And they're always helping people And They've always got like Amazing reviews and stuff So I I knew That Chris's heart was in the right place Because I've known him for years And I know what they're trying to do So I was more than happy for them to sponsor it And then I ended up With a Studio And some good equipment And some great guests And they're who we are Brilliant mate um,
1: well, good things happen to good people exactly mate um, so why is it happening to you <laughs> <laughs>
0: and that is a wrap
1: <laughs> <laughs> no I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you and I hope you keep going because it's a great show yeah. and I'll come on anytime. I want to give a shout out to your football chums and all who was your mate You says was uh, a Scott squad fan uh, it's Thomas McMahon Thomas McMahon so all the best Thomas and uh, just I'll come on anytime you need me mate
0: I I really appreciate that, and, and I'm sure we'll be doing plenty more than me, honestly. I really enjoyed it. Okay.
1: No too many, though, just, like, one or
0: two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you do charge like 10 grand for each episode, <laughs> so it's not really. So, do you want me to, I'll go and I'll end record? <laughs> I I Okay, mate. Okay, right. right, okay. We'll, we'll be back to normal, we'll normal kind of things next Sunday on the 12 o'clock. Right, the next okay. guest all
1: Right, I'm gonna end stream now right. Cool.
0: That's just later.
1: (laughs) End. I'm like a grandda sat on like a laptop. Where's
2: the E button?